it's time to catalog minor catastrophes, tell our real life terrors, and manifest some mayhem. That's right. Let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia. I'm Catherine McNally. I'm Lorian McGill. Hello. Welcome. Hi. If you thought that, um, you know, maybe I'd cool it with the education ranting, buckle up because now I'm going to make a whole episode about it. We're going to talk about students assaulting teachers. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I got to ask you, like, did you, before I had ever mentioned this, did you ever think about students assaulting teachers in schools? Um, yeah, I know of a woman who a couple years ago was assaulted by one what? of her students. I don't know her, but like friend of a friend locally. And, uh, so that would be my frame of reference before that. That's awful. Is she okay? Yes. I mean, yeah. How yes. okay can you be? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and then let's see. Otherwise... Mostly just the kids. So I was the sheltered homeschooler, so I didn't assault my teachers. But the kids at Rio Rancho got in a lot of fights with each other. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I got to say, if you had asked me if I would, if this would be a topic I'd think about literally every day of my job when I was student teaching, I would have said no. Yeah. Because they don't tell you this. And and maybe also like the my awareness came from me starting to follow teaching accounts on Instagram so that also might be sure, part of it for sure. but yeah it's not like they're like welcome to your job just so you know you're gonna have to think about every single day whether a student is gonna attack each other or you I think that's pretty bad onboarding spiel if they opened with that I, I don't know. I mean, maybe some awareness is good, but laying it out like that is actually probably not <laughs> setting people like super up for success mentally. I mean, like this is why I'm not doing the onboarding. Maybe my delivery is not so great, but <laughs> it's just like, should you lead the welcome day orientation with the worst part of a person's job before <laughs> they've had any sort of like reward from it? I think maybe. I don't find, know. We need to find the balance because right now it's like, we're not going to tell you at all. Right. That is, and yeah. you have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I spend a lot of my time every day, like very aware. I've always been like decent at like reading people's emotions, right? And like body language. But now I spend every day like super aware so that I'm trying to prevent things from happening all throughout the day. It's exhausting. And that's one part of my job. <laughs> Yeah. Along with the 50,000 other things. So I thought, you know what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to look at it. Maybe make me feel better. Maybe, maybe make me feel worse. Hard to say. So we're going to talk about students assaulting teachers. Last year, my one connection, last year, one of my colleagues um, was not actually assaulted, but was threatened by a student. She told him to like put away his phone and he said, you want to get shot? He later said that he meant with a water gun. Of course. With a water gun full of rice in. With a water gun full of rice in. He read that one guy, that, what his plan, and he was like, that's a that's great idea. That's a good plan. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's my one connection. Just a threat. Threats, though. So we're not even going to really talk about threats or, like, verbal aggression because literally that happens all the time every right. day. Right. Right. 
like and people aren't recording it and not like it's just like a part of your job do you want to get cussed out and like made to feel like a fucking like smallest subhuman by a 12 year old crazy join teaching i got a lot of good teaching like welcome slogans for us this they're gonna this make episode, you the spokesperson of, of education i think that makes sense so I'm going to tell you a bunch of different stories about teachers getting assaulted and how their schools responded or did not respond. So we're going to start with Tonya Schunkweiler. She is a special education teacher in Montana, and she quit her job as a teacher after a high school student who was taller and stronger than her hit her in the nose. He had been quote, working through lots of significant behaviors prior to this incident. So this is like a pattern we're going to see. Like these kids have behaviors before this and it escalates and then they're not getting what they need and then they right. take it out on adults. Right. So as Tonya is standing in the hallway, her nose is bleeding. She's holding the door shut on the student, which is following his behavior plan. Are there other students in the classroom still with him? I don't, I don't think so. I think this was, uh, that was unclear. Maybe it was her plan period. Maybe, I don't know. But an administrator walks by and he's like, are you okay? Nose bleeding. Yeah, I'm great. Holding the door (laughs) closed. And she's like, I'm fine. (laughs) Because we are not good at advocating for ourselves a lot so she's like i'm fine because also like you're in shock you're like trying right survival mode right now so the administrator says okay and keeps on walking so crazy and i'm just saying this is like you want like a picture of like when we complain about administrators this is the snapshot of like the perfect awful administrator like they're not aware of like the situation at all they feel like it's not their responsibility to deal with things. And I was like, dude, that's literally your job. You have everything in this building is your problem. Yeah. You might as well like act like it. I love when my administrators are like, oh, this happened the other day. A kid tried to like start hitting my student. He swung at her to get her away. And a teacher was like, you got to get an administrator down here to talk to them. And they're like, oh, no, they're fine. We saw him smiling. It's like, what? No, he wasn't fine. I don't know what you thought. Why don't you investigate and like Wait, see? the student who was swinging was smiling? Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, we saw him smile. We thought he was fine. Well. It's really weird. Don't you think it's better to like, I don't know, do a little follow up? So now we're in Michigan in 2023. There's a lot of them that are in tw- like recent ones. Yeah. <laughs> So two 15-year-old students were arguing. Their teacher went to break them up, which I'm a coward. I'm not going to break up anything. I'm calling. I think I would I'm need getting... I would need the rules in the same way that if two dogs are fighting, you got to pull them by the back legs. You can't get in the middle. I need to know sure. what the equivalent of the back leg of a high schooler is so that I can pull it apart without losing yeah. a hand myself. Yeah. That would be great information. So there, she goes in to break him up. One of them hurled a metal chair at the teacher's <gasps> head from across the classroom. The teacher was knocked out cold and fell to the floor. This was all, and here's the thing. I don't recommend you go watch these. I did. 
Oh, no. <laughs> but also I like saw all of these already because of the Instagram that I follow. No, no. It was it's awful. The kid a kid, a student is recording this on their phone. And when the teacher, the metal chair hits her head and she falls, the student recording yells, Yeah. I would just say you don't have to you already believe this. You don't have to watch those videos to believe that it's happening. I don't know that you need to feel like an obligation to put those images in your brain forever okay it's kind of personally it's kind of like true crime though i'm like what went wrong i have to see so i can maybe learn things and don't think i learned anything except that kids maybe are sociopaths i don't know (laughs) yeah i'm not sure studying these like game (laughs) tape is really gonna do anything for you no (laughs) no okay it's already too late i already watched these before i did this why don't you watch these ones but no more next time i I see one i'm not gonna be like you can watch whatever you want i just don't feel like you need to feel like you have to watch those okay it's kind of like a morbid curiosity like i have to see okay so the student was the student who threw the chair was charged with two counts of felony assault which honestly, kind of more than a lot of these kids get. So now we're going to go to January 2023 in Atlanta, when an English teacher um, in a suburban high school tried to confiscate a 15-year-old girl's cell phone. She was brutally attacked. It was all captured on video, which I watched. In the minute-long clip, the student yelled and cursed at the teacher who was filling in for another colleague. Which is, like, the worst. It's not yes. even, like, you're just going in there. You're pissed already because you're losing your plan. You have to go sub for this other person. And then, oh, what makes it worse? You're going to get assaulted by one of their students. That sucks. That's awful. So the student's yelling, cursing at the, the teacher before shutting the door in her face. The argument moved into the hallway where the teacher raised her arms to prevent the student from becoming physical. But the student punched her in the face. The student brought the teacher down on the ground by her hair, where she continued to punch her. It's brutal. The injuries left the teacher in the hospital for six days. Oh, my gosh. Now, the girl was sentenced to one year in a detention facility after pleading guilty to aggravated battery. She also will serve five years of supervised release after getting out. Um... This is the wild part to me, and this is also going to be a recurring theme. The teacher who was injured said she was eager to get back into the classroom. But if she were a new teacher, she wouldn't be so sure. She said, quote, if I had to start teaching with this generation of students, I wouldn't have been able to. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Where, yeah, we'll talk about that more. So, yes. One of my friends got punched in the face at a concert once. Um, But, like, fist? Not yeah. like an elbow half? No, no. Like, guy got riled up, punched her in the face, and it, she had to, she has a plate in her cheek. Like, it um was very traumatic. So, I was just thinking about that poor teacher. Wait, I just think on TV, people get punched in the face a lot. Yeah. And we don't. And they fall on the ground and hit their heads a lot. And just in real life, we can't be punching people in the face. We can't be hitting our heads on the ground like that. 
That's such an important part of our bodies. So close to the brain. Yeah. There's so much important stuff happening here. Your eyes. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God. Not a school incident, but a face punching incident. Oh, my God. I mean, at my school, they were telling me like two years ago, it was so bad that not only like the students fight, right? That's like a thing. It's like Lord of the Flies. Yeah. But they said this year, the parents fought their stu- their children's enemies. They'd come to school and they'd be like, where's this kid? And then they'd try to fight like a 12-year-old. That's so, so bonkers. And also, no wonder the kids are fighting other kids and adults, right? If their yeah. parents are coming to school to fight children. Right. Oh, so- okay. There's your missing puzzle piece. Yeah. And that's also why I'm like existential about all things because it's like, how can I even like help them when they live in a household, in a culture, in whatever, where violence is totally fine and normal and a part of it. And my parent will fight the 12 year old that I hate for me. Weird. They're all like 13 year olds who like never learned how to like regulate themselves. The parents. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're making other kids who can't oh anyway in st paul minnesota in 2015 we're going back a high school student slammed a teacher into a concrete wall and began to strangle him the teacher ended up with a traumatic brain injury now we mentioned the last one with the phone phones are a big thing Mm. like there are multiple stories where teachers try to take a phone take some kind of device they're following the policies and then the students freak out. Yeah. And so we have another one of those. A student in Tennessee pepper sprayed a teacher who had confiscated her phone. That's also on video. A Florida teen brutally beat his teacher unconscious after she attempted to take away his Nintendo Switch. Oh my gosh. So, like, part of the issue is like teens are addicted to their phones. Another problem are like cell phone policies in schools. Some schools ban them school-wide. We are, we've done that this year, um, which is, like, kind of helped. But others leave it more up to the teachers. So, like, every classroom is going to look a little bit different. So if you go into one classroom, they might be like, nope, you got to check in your phone at the door. Others might be like, I don't care because I don't care about anything. And so then if you have, like, a stricter teacher, the kids are going to get, like, target them and potentially. For sure. For sure. You know, leave them more vulnerable. And it feels like it's not really beneficial to the students at that age to have that very, like, phones aside, even just the differences in policy where there's no routine, especially at the middle school level. They haven't yet reached the point where they can really, like, make those choices in a smart way. You know, they're starting to make more choices, obviously, but I don't know. What does a school-wide cell phone policy look like? Do they, are they, and you don't, well, you do have a school-wide cell phone policy now. Are they supposed to not even have it on school grounds? Are they supposed to leave it at the front? Are they supposed to leave it in their locker? Like, what's the mechanism? Um, At our school, it's just like put it in your backpack and it's in your backpack all day, which, you know, you see it and then you tell them to put it away. But, you know, especially at, like, lunch, I don't have any, like, what are they going to do? Lunch, I'm not going to do anything. Like, 
There is the... We used to let them use it at lunch, but then they'd like come to class and they'd be like, oh, still on it. So it, I have seen a difference. But other ones are like, I think this one's better where the other ones, which we don't have the money for that. So we don't do this. But there are like these like pouches that like some schools have. You put it in the pouch when you get there. It's like locked and then you can't unlock it until the end of the day when you get like a magnet to unlock it. Interesting. And of course, people say, what if there's like an emergency? They need to access their phones. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. There's a portion of me that just it's a fear-based portion that gets real authoritarian controlling. I'm like, if you guys can't handle phones, everyone gives their phones to the office when they get to school in the morning and, or you lock it in your little locker in the office. No one has a phone. If you need to, if there's an emergency, your teacher has a phone, there's a phone in the room. Like, I mean, that's how it's supposed to work for the kids who keep taking it out. I've been targeting one kid because every single fucking day he has his AirPod in his ear, he has his phone out. And so you call it code cell go they're supposed to put it in a locker lock it up for the rest of the day at this point he's supposed to be on a plan where every day in school he checks in his phone he picks it up at the end of the day that has not happened i emailed the people and they're like oh my god we're so sorry i'm like yeah fix it so yeah that's cell phones so that's an issue um but it could also just be you know other things so we're going to talk about a sixth grade teacher michelle andrews she leaned over to talk to a disruptive student, and the student struck her in the face, causing the ne- teacher's neck to snap backwards. The incident caused the teacher permanent nerve damage, and the student was suspended for a week for disrespect for toward a teacher, not for assault, and then returned to the teacher's classroom. That's so wild that they sent the student back to the same classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That happens more than you think. Uh, the teacher asked her principal to permanently remove the student from her classroom, and the principal told her to, quote, put on her big girl panties and deal with it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. Right? Oh, my gosh. Again, not a good look for Adam. No. <laughs> no. Well, it definitely just sets up this thing that we're like, nobody's on your side. The students aren't and the admins are not so Mm -hmm. yeah uh the teacher did press charges against the student uh which she believes led to her termination from the district so she thinks that because she pressed charges they like forced her out so she's i was just you can tell me she's suing i was like that feels like there's some pretty serious grounds for yeah like i don't think you're really supposed to retaliate like that yeah i guess i don't know what the they're not really whistleblower laws but the kind of whistleblower laws around schools are public schools but come on you can't yep. you can't she sued that. the school board claiming she had not been adequately protected after being injured yeah and she settled for one hundred ninety-seven thousand five hundred dollars but enough. the incident left her shaken and depressed that's not enough yeah she should like permanent get enough damage. to retire on yeah if i oh my god my co-teacher told me, like, one time a student, like, waved a knife at her, like, came at her with a knife. And I'm like, that would be the day I'd be done. I would never come back. If a student comes at you with a knife, I think the way to go, if anyone comes at you with a knife, I think you got to try to kick it out of their hand. I think, yeah, leg stuff is Because you don't want to let them get close enough 
where you can reach it with your hand because then they can get to you. Yeah. Whereas if you can like alias style, kick the knife out of their hand, you do have to be wearing like a leather cat suit for some yeah. reason. I don't know if that's Absolutely. allowed at school. I'd see the knife and I would just like take off my cardigan and underneath. Underneath you're wearing like it would be Bristow. You have a wig on all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> or Black Widow. Yes. <laughs> They would be so confused. I bet they would drop the knife. Honestly, if you like Clark Kent yeah. style ripped off your cardigan and and reading T-shirt and you were wearing yeah. the Black Widow costume and then you post it up. I think I I do, too. The <laughs> other day, keep them on their toes. Absolutely. The other, day, the other day I wore I got like cheap combat boots from Target. I wore them and one kid told me that I looked like a witch and I was like, good. You should be afraid. Like, so even that alone, that was just like little. That would definitely distract them. For sure. Somehow your boots are zipped into the catsuit, even though they couldn't see them before. They're like, when did you do this? How did you do this? I'm magic, baby. I'm a witch. Back to this very serious topic. (sighs) So now we're jumping to March 30th, 2023. A 12-year-old girl attacked a seventh grade teacher, Stephanie Hartong, in... uh, the Renton School District in Washington State. It started with a writing activity when the girl said she wants to kill herself and to get all the knives and guns. So the teacher called the office and an administrator met her outside in the hallway with the girl. They talked to her, the administrator talked with the girl, and she, the girl said she had her self-control back, so she came back to class. As the administrator, this is where I'm like, I'm getting confused, just wait. As the administrator is giving a recap to the teacher about, like, their conversation, an argument between that same girl and another student broke out. The girl lifted a chair like she was going to throw it at another student. And this is what I'm not going to do. The teacher stepped between the two students. That's when the girl turned to the teacher and threatened to hit her. The teacher and the student went out into the hallway where the administrator was now nowhere to be found. That was where did the administrator go? Right. <laughs> Do you think the administrator was like, chairs up, I'm out? Like, I think the administrator was still in the classroom. She was like, I can't leave all these students unattended, right? I'll just hang out in here. I got it in here. You take it out to the hall. I got They're it. Like cowering behind Under a table. the desk. Yeah. Where did that administrator go? Like, what the fuck? So they're out in the hallway, and this is when the student hit her with hands and fists, pulled her to the ground, beat and kicked and stomped her. Multiple students rushed out of the classroom. One student struggled to stop the attack, which, like, wow. Student of the year. Maybe it was the student that the teacher had just saved from getting the chair. Oh. I would forever be like, you're my favorite student. Everyone needs to know. The teacher was hospitalized with a severe laceration on the right side of her face, oh my a concussion, gosh. a black eye, facial swelling, bruising and scratches, and chunks of her hair were ripped out. She continues to have pain from the laceration and symptoms of PTSD, which, like, how could you not? So she has, like, nightmares and flashbacks, anxiety, issues with concentration and memory, and hyper-awareness. Which, like, do I have hyper-awareness all the time? I don't know. Am I? Okay. Anyway. When it makes, what makes it worse? 
is that the girl had a criminal record. In February of that year, the same girl followed an elderly woman from a bus into a business, assaulted and robbed her, and fled the scene. Wow. The, mm-hmm. the police department detained her. And then again, like a month later, March 13th, the girl followed another elderly woman out of a business, knocked her down, and assaulted her. She was arrested for a second time. When she started at the middle school on March 30th, like 15 days later. And that's when the incident happened, like day one. So she's in school, started at at the middle school. No one told her teachers about her criminal history. They were told the girl's issues were with students. They were not with adults. She was put on a safety plan, which required an escort to accompany her going from class to class. Um, And also part of the plan was that teachers were told that if for any reason she's not following her plan or being safe in their space, they should contact the office, which is what she did. But the administrator fucking fled when like actual Uh, bad things were happening. And where was the escort? Or they Um, just moved between the classrooms? That's what I think. Oh, okay. I think someone comes to pick her up when the bell rings, takes her to the next class, leaves, picks her up. The ages of these kids is just so crazy because, like, on the one hand, 12 was the worst age of my young life. Worse than but, a teenager emotionally. Yeah. Um, On the other hand, when I think about myself and my friends at 12, we were still, like, so afraid of authority. Yeah. Uh, yeah. N- not even afraid, but, like, deferring to authority even in our rebellion. We were so yeah. uncoordinated. We were not strong. No. We would, I just can't, 12 is so young. It's, I will say being in middle school now, the difference, like the vast range of what these kids look like is crazy. Mm -hmm. Some of them look like they're babies. Some of them look, and it's at every grade. Eighth grade looks a little bit older, but like you can still get a a tiny little guy. But then again, you have guys who are like, huge who look like they're adults i mean i was this height at 12 i had stopped growing but i don't know yeah it's wild um so yeah she was doing everything the teacher was doing everything she was supposed to and i feel like this is one of the things that makes me nervous which is like there are oftentimes when we're not told information but with and a minor, there are limits. I know. With a minor like, and criminal records, there are limits to what they're allowed to share with you, right? I guess, but like, I don't I'm know. I'm not we, saying that she had all the right, in, or that you yeah. have all the right information. I just feel like they're all about like, teach the whole child and like, blah, blah, blah. And For sure. Like, how can I do that if I don't have the whole picture? And you right. have part of the picture and you're not sharing it with me. Like, I remember last year. Like, did the school know that she had been arrested? That's where I don't even know if that. Because usually minors' records are sealed to some degree. I cannot say 100%, but, like, based on what they're doing, it seems like they know this. Okay, okay. Because then, yeah, the teacher should have that He's on a safety plan info. immediately. Like, right. that would not, there must, that must have been the reason why she's on the safety plan, you know? So I feel like they knew. And, like, my thing is, okay, you can't tell me everything. Don't tell me her issues with students and not adults. She attacks elderly women. Like... Seems like she probably also had a history of fighting with the kids at her previous school, I would imagine. But also include adults on there, so I know. No, I know. Anyway. 
Um, no. If you were like, oh my God, how could it get worse based on like what the school's doing in reaction to this? Well, the superintendent of the district never reached out to the teacher. The principal of the middle school downplayed the incident in an email. So he sends out an email like what happened. And he said they called 911 for medical support for an abrasion and the school is safe. And they criticize like this, like abrasion. It's like she was beaten to shit. Like Um, that's yeah, it's not an abrasion. (laughs) It's not the only thing. Um, The 12 year old girl was booked in a family justice center on a charge of assault in the third degree. Um, But prosecutors hope to work out a plea deal to serve time in treatment oriented juvenile juvenile rehabilitation instead so that she can maybe get to better. So we got a lot of problems. So like people disagree and argue on what we should actually do. For sure. Some states are trying to pass legislation that protects teachers. One bill in Wisconsin called the Teacher Protection Act would allow teachers to remove a student from their classroom for a maximum of of two days. Um, Generally, admin decides suspensions, but the bill would let teachers ask the school board to suspend students who attack them if they deny the request, which to me feels reasonable. Mm -hmm. If I'm attacked, honestly, two days isn't enough. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's long enough for me to get a restraining order and then they can't come back to my classroom um this this bill this act would also require policy to report violent incidents by students off campus to their schools Mm. um so having a little bit bigger of a picture now some people argue this bill would contribute to the school to prison pipeline and discriminate against students with disabilities students of color and students who have experienced trauma which yeah i understand that um Black and Latino students are consistently punished more severely than white students for the same infractions. Nearly 50% of preschool children suspended multiple times are Black, yet Black children represent less than one-fifth of the preschool population. Yeah. Um, And, like, Black students are far more likely to be referred to law enforcement or arrested for a school-based offense than white students. So there's definitely... With more knowledge, right, if you tell me this kid has a criminal history or this kid did this criminal activity off school campus the other day, absolutely I could use that to discriminate them. But hopefully you have teachers who have taken, like, implicit bias training and, like, aren't fucking assholes and, you know, but I get it. Yeah. Um. And there's real cause for concern because this is in Wisconsin where they want to do this. And Wisconsin suspends black students at a higher rate than any other state in the country. So that's not great. Um, But yeah, another way. Okay, maybe we don't do that. Maybe we don't do this like zero policy stuff where, you know, we're potentially discriminating further against kids with disabilities and um, students of color. Some schools focus on restorative justice. So it stresses that students need to take responsibility for their actions and work to right or wrong rather than to be punished under zero tolerance policies. Um, So basically, like, let's say a kid does something, you do like some restorative justice and you get you talk to the student and you figure out their side and then you meet with the victim and then they talk and then they're supposed to everything is supposed to be kumbaya. Yay, we fixed it. I can see some good things, right? Like taking accountability, reflecting, 
making amends, all that's great. But here's the thing. It takes really long, which is obviously we have all the time in the world at school. So that makes sense. Um, Teachers don't have time. Right. So if you're pulling them out for restorative justice, they're not teaching. Right. Um, Sometimes the agreements made, like maybe you come to an agreement in the restorative justice circle. A lot of time they're not followed, which also is kind of like a thing in education all the time. You talk, you're like, we're going to do this. You never do it. And it also puts a lot of pressure on like the victims or survivors. If this is something like really bad and you're like, hey, do you want to go talk to your assailant and like listen to them and then forgive them? Maybe they don't want to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it it feels like I'm going to armchair quarterback. Like I know what's going on. But because even (laughs) it feels like the part of the issue perhaps is that there are no it's what you've been talking about, a lack of accountability and consequences for smaller things. And so people learn that they can get away with whatever and it escalates and escalates because that even that idea of restorative justice, obviously, yeah, the scale at which they're, you know, beating someone's senseless in the hallway, that makes a lot less sense. But if there's an accountability and consequences for earlier things, it probably makes more sense. It probably doesn't take as long. It's a quicker process. It is, it builds in this framework. You have to scaffold consequences, just like you scaffold learning. And so the idea that you just, you know, you do whatever and then, oops, you've committed a felony and now you're in prison. And they're like, well, I never got in trouble at school before for all the things. It's just training everyone. It's training teachers. They're powerless. It's training students. They can do whatever they want. You nailed it. This is what I think about all the time. Um, And what works really well, right into a segue for this, is positive behavior interventions and supports, Mm -hmm. or PBIS, which is what my school uses. And I got to say, I got a lot of things. (laughs) I got a lot of issues. So PBIS integrates classroom management and school-wide discipline strategies to create, hopefully, a positive and safe school environment. Um. It follows research that shows punishing students inconsistently without a positive alternative is ineffective and only offer short-term solutions. That makes sense. So this is actually trying to like prevent problems from getting worse or like from even happening. Mm-hmm. And hopefully like keeping them in the classroom so they're not missing out on stuff. Like if I'm just like immediately in uh in school suspension or out of school suspension well then i'm not learning and maybe the behaviors are going to get worse anyway but so it's it's meant to be like tears right everyone is on tier one everyone gets those supports it's like stupid fucking shit that they tell us every single week like we're dumb like stand at your door and greet your students and say their names because that's going to totally change their bad behavior uh having a cd chart stuff like that really simple things that are supposed to manage behaviors tier two is like next level okay tier one didn't work now we're going to move the students who aren't getting it to tier two and those are a little bit more like specific then tier three is like supposed to be the least amount of students who like are not it's nothing is working but my thing with pbis is like there are no consequences like 
they've learned that they can do anything and nothing will really happen because what what's the next step we're gonna call home oh your parent loves to beat up 12 year olds that's probably not gonna work oh next step we're gonna meet with your parents oh wait they still beat up 12 year olds oh no like and then here's my thing these things are not gonna work for the worst most extreme cases like you said, it needs to be like, we need to be doing different things. If they're like assaulting people, if they're doing crimes, we need something else. They need some serious help. Honestly, we need to solve poverty. Here, someone add this to your to-do list. Solve poverty. What's my other one? I already forgot the other one. Oh, and we need more funding in schools so we can have like social workers and like psychologists and like it it makes it so weird that counselors are also like the people who schedule stuff like that makes no sense. They should be just for mental health. Yeah. It doesn't. I So we they need more access to resources. Anyway, other people say that we need uh, teachers and ad- admin need um, de-escalation and trauma training, which absolutely i would love that i've gotten none of that um typically we don't get very much training on that we talk about it a little bit but like it's not anything um and in one study they found that teachers who feel supported by their admin think and think that their uh colleagues enforce the rules consistently are actually like less likely to be victims of threats and attacks in schools so it's like if you know whatever system you have in place if they're actually like doing it and you feel supported your chances of like actually getting hurt go down well the kids aren't dummies right it's like no they recognize a divided front just like with parents kids are gonna if you have two parents and the kids can see that they don't agree on something they're gonna target that weakness i'm gonna go to dad and he's gonna say yes right they know that <laughs> they're playing that game. And so yeah. they also know when the administration of the school, when their teachers words are meaningless because the administration isn't backing them up in any way. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. So I read this one article that was pretty useless that told teachers what to do <laughs> if this happens to them. So I wanted to read it to you because I thought it was fucking stupid. <laughs> Great. So first step, protect yourself and have a plan for what to do if things turn violent, which great i think about bad things all the time maybe i'll think about that my favorite advice is just to come up with a plan i'm like no i thought that's what this advice was right that's my job i gotta what just like know how to avoid the advice is basically like just don't let it happen to you right i'm gonna my part of my plan i've decided i'm gonna wear kevlar now just all the time in my daily outfits what do you think do you think they'll notice i have a question how are you how is that going to protect your head we're gonna throw and I'm going to wear a helmet all the time. We're going to throw it all the way back to episode one. Remember when that drug bust found those bulletproof baseball caps? We got to get you one of those. Your <gasps> neck is going to hurt so bad. So bad. But <laughs> you know what? So heavy. I'll also add a neck brace to hold up my head. I'm going to look so good. And all of this and a Black Widow costume. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then they say document everything after it happens oh shit tell your admin school counselor and parents of the student who did they write this article for tell your union 
take care of your mental health, which that's the thing they love to tell teachers at any moment in time, because they think that just by saying the words, it's like Beetlejuice. If you say it enough times, it'll just like happen. But meanwhile, they're like, but you need to do all of these other things in order to do your job right or else you're a human piece of shit. So, mm. and then my favorite one, know when it's time to leave. They literally said, you want to hear the quote from the article? Only you can decide how much student violence is too much for you to handle. Cool. This is a worthless article. I was like, if this is not a toxic work environment, I don't know what is. Imagine like being like in a normal job and they're just like, you know what? Some violence, you got to figure out what's your line. What's too much violence in the workplace? <sighs> I love my job. Now as a citizen, if you're like, I'm not a teacher, what can I do? Pay attention to candidates who are running for office. You want someone who's like, who cares about education and who's not like Betsy DeVos, who like fucking could give two shits. Also, here's my tip that I didn't read about, but I think it's important. Pay attention to elections with like school board members that involves funding for schools. Went at my last district, there was a, I think there was like three new spots for school board members. Two of them were like insane right-wing Trump supporters. And they got in. One of them was this woman who, before she was a school board member, she had like a website. She had like a YouTube channel where she taught women how to get sugar daddies. Oh, no. And she was quoted as saying that teachers unions are terrorist organizations. And she's on the school board now. Also, I would say, like, parent your children. Don't teach them that the example, and not by leading by example of beating up other 12-year-olds. That's too much to ask. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be great if you could, like... If you could stop punching other children, it would be If you could teach your your kids, that would really help me out. It'd be great. I don't think the people who need that message are listening to this, though, you know? Just something tells me. So how afraid do we need to be? During the 2020 to 2021 school year, 6% of public school teachers were reported being threatened with injury by a student from their school. Now, this percentage was lower, right? The percentage was lower in 2011 to 2012. Okay, so the 2020 to 2021 school year was lower than the 2011 and 2012 school year. Because no one was in school. Right. (laughs) So in the 2011 to 2012 school year, it was about 10%. Why are those, is it, a, do they do this every 10 years? I don't understand why those are the years for comparison. I don't know, but I need like stat because I think it's going up. Um, now, threats of injury were more commonly reported than actual physical, physical attacks. But again, like if 20, I don't know why they were like, let's do a study in 2020. That doesn't make I sense know. to me. <laughs> well, of course, threats were more common. You can talk, they're they're not talk from your there. bedroom on the computer. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the percentages percentages of public school teachers who were who reported being threatened with injury or physically being physically attacked by a student from their school varied by race and ethnicity of the teacher. So now I'm going to tell you like who's most at risk. Um, the high you have a higher percentage of being like threatened or attacked 
if you're a teacher of two or more races, that's like 7%. White teachers were about 6%. Black teachers are like 4%. Hispanic were 4%. And Asian teachers were 2%. Interesting. Yeah. It was higher for American Indian or Alaskan Native, Alaskan Native, which was like around 8% um, than it was for like Black, Hispanic, or Hispanic teachers. There's like six. I know. Are these Alaskan Native in Alaska? There's like six people in Alaska. How right. Can 8% be. Sorry. I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. Um, Now, another study found that female teachers are more likely to be attacked than male teachers, which you're in a female dominated field. Also, the patriarchy. So that makes sense to me. Well, and just physically. Yeah. Women are easier to fight for students. Yeah. Like they're going to be the same size as you quicker. They're going to you are an easier target physically as well as the other reasons that you mentioned, which are definitely true, but yeah. And especially if you're being taught at home, that women are inferior. Let's go. Let's fight my teacher. Um, Now teachers in schools with higher percentages of non-white students and higher levels of poverty were more likely to report being threatened or attacked. Um, I want to focus here on, I think the key here is poverty, not on like diversity for sure. Because no matter what, if you're if you're in poverty, like you got big problems and people are not helping you. So that's again to do solve poverty. That's what I'm saying. Um, and new teachers were more likely than experienced ones to be threatened or attacked, which I feel like kind of makes sense because For sure. yeah. Um now Higher percentages of elementary public school teachers than of secondary public school teachers reported being threatened with injury. So you're more likely, if you're an elementary school teacher, to, like, be threatened or attacked. That's so wild. Which kind of, I know, they're it kind of so makes little. sense. It's like little kids are, like, le- like they're, they're not good at regulating, you know, so it, their emotions it, and stuff. That's true. And so you may be more likely, but the the incidence is maybe less catastrophic not that it's acceptable it should be stopped before they get bigger and can really ruin everyone's lives but I did I told you I think that when I was a preschool teacher we had a student with pretty significant behavioral issues who had already been asked to leave other schools he was four or five and his last day at our preschool he um he was out of control. He started running around the room and just throwing things at us like potted plants. We had to, I had to take all the other preschoolers out of the room. And like the director of the preschool went back in to, I don't know, calm him down, but it was, uh, it was wild. Was that his last day because of that? Or oh, yes. it was always his last day. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he was already on, you know, kind of a like plan. a plan. Yeah. And yeah, so. Yeah, don't love that. Now, when it came to physical violence, support staff like school resource officers, aides, and bus drivers were the most likely to report physical aggression. Um, And more than 99% of the aggressors were students. I don't know what the 1% is. Like, who else is threatening bus drivers? Other bus drivers. (laughs) When they make it back from their loop, they get off the bus and they're like, let's go. In the depot, yeah. There's <laughs> there's actually like a bus driving drag racing ring and they get mean. Oh my god. Okay. I liked this one because it's awful. We're, think of this big, bigger picture. Overall, 
59% of teachers, 58% of administrators, 48% of support staff, and 38% of school psychologists and social workers reported being victimized in some way while at work. Yeah. So I'm not talking just like, you know, assault, but like, yeah, that's, that's a significant portion. Yep. Now, of course, these numbers are probably not accurate. It's understudied. It's underpublicized unless it like makes it to the news. It's underreported. Right. Um, so all teachers of all subjects in all grades at all types of schools are at risk for violence. Before I leave you, I'm going to leave you this one quote from a teacher. She says, trust me, as a teacher of 18 years who did stay in such toxic situations, leave. Nothing is worth the effect this will have on you mentally and physically if you stay. You deserve to be treated with dignity and respect like any other employee in any other organization. I just can't get away from the toxic thing. Like every every day I'm just noting like this is absolutely toxic. This is wild. Any other job, this would not be acceptable. And it's just stuck in my brain. So I thought I would wow. stick it in everyone else's brains too. Wow. So yeah, that's students assaulting their teachers. Mm-hmm. What is uh, making you anxious this week, Lorian? Well, I mean, this week there's there's a lot of global tumult and turmoil and anxiety. And certainly that has been making me anxious. But I'm going to tell you a bunch of stupid anxiety instead. Oh, thank God. Everybody knows those other. We're all anxious. Yeah. Like, not downplaying oh any of those I, things. I was doom scrolling for a significant amount of time. And I was like, why are you doing you this? Stop. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, my email this week decided that Outlook decided that even though one of the colleagues that I emailed the most frequently, it wasn't going to pull up her email in the two line until I typed her entire last name now doesn't pull it up by first name does yeah and she has a really uncommon last name and it waits until I've got the whole thing in there and I'm fighting for my life not to send 100 emails to random people in the company I email her all day every day like what is happening can you does email have a feature where you can like favorite people? So you don't that, have to keep doing that. I just don't trust Outlook at all because no. it's also bad at very basic email functions like searches. Yeah. Down um, with Microsoft, yay to Google. <laughs> no. <laughs> Google Docs now mines all of your text for AI. That's look, to train AI. I'm not, I'm here not to thrilled give about free that. free labor to Google Docs. That's fair. I'm not thrilled about that. But also, I'm right now back in school and I want AI to do more work for me so I can do less. So, <laughs> well, you're going. not getting any of my stuff. So, keep going. Um, I felt like I was just behind at everything. It was a weird thing where Monday, Tuesday were slow. And then all of a sudden, Wednesday, Thursday, I had more tasking than one person can do in two days. Why did mm-hmm. that happen? I don't know. But it also meant that I like, I started to get bad at, I get in a hurry and get worse at my job instead of like actually going faster. Right. So I was like reading something and I had a question then I emailed people and then I read like a little further down the page and I was like, I did that thing I hate, which is that the question was answered here. I just missed it. To be fair, it was not in a document. It was on comments. So I just like missed the comment and it was comments oh, on easy. an Excel spreadsheet. And I would just yeah. like to tell you, Excel is not user-friendly for leaving comments. Okay. I had to go to the dentist this week, which went fine, but it's not a thing you're excited about during the week, right? Also, I schedule my dentist appointments consistently for 8 a.m. on my day off. Why do I do that? I don't know. It seems like a good idea six months ahead of time. 
I haven't gone grocery shopping in way too long. And now it just feels too late. I don't think I could ever go grocery shopping again. It's just too much now. I'm overwhelmed. I have no food in my house. I I was like, I'm impressed. How are you like surviving? Takeout. (laughs) Oh, right. That's what I do. (laughs) I'm like, I have nothing. I have to. Oh my gosh. So those are some stupid anxieties of the week. That was really good. There you go. What's making you anxious this week? I'm going to tell you about another stupid one. This happened. So I went to my sister Christine's and we were meeting up to go do a fall activity. And I told her when I was going to get there. I even warned her ahead of time. I was like, I'm leaving now because of traffic. Text her. I show up at her place. I pull into the parking lot and I'm like, where the fuck is her car? I'm like, where is she? Immediately, I like the panic. I go from zero to a hundred. Like immediately, I'm like, she's dead. Oh my gosh. So I go to the find my friends app and I see she's like, I don't know, 10 minutes away somewhere. So I'm like, okay, she's probably because she had like a teacher, like kind of work day. Okay. So I was like, she's probably just like, she got a drink with them or something like that. Or a murderer has her and that's where her phone is. So I call her. No response. So then I'm like, she's dead. I text her. I'm like, hi, if you don't call me back right now, I'm going to think you're dead. Call her back again. She finally answers. She's fine. She was getting a drink with her colleagues. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast. And I'm going to anonymize it. But we went to school with an individual. And they moved to Mankato. And they had a long-distance relationship. They were in a long-distance relationship. It seems to be very healthy. They're now married to the person. Like, they seem fine. (laughs) But like the first week that this person lived in the city where we lived, their partner couldn't get a hold of them. And they started, don't remember this. You don't remember this? No. They started to panic. And I may not remember the whole story, but who's going to argue with me? No one. So I can tell you whatever I want. They also, it's important to note that this person is living in this little like fourplex with other people from our program. So they didn't know each other yet, but they were going to meet eventually. The partner freaks out from another state, from Virginia, I think. Oh, wait, now it's coming back to me. <laughs> this person is like, my my partner just moved there. They don't know anyone. They don't have any friends. Where would they be? Yeah. I want to say they were just taking a nap. But the, <laughs> the police were called, I believe, or the building. See, this is where I don't remember what happened. See, I, don't... I think the police were called to like do a wellness check. He was just taking a nap. This is how our colleague meets the other people in our program because his partner freaked out and called the cops from several states away. So anyway, all that to say, you're not alone. And at least you didn't call the police. And I'm glad Christine's not dead. So, well, she did remind me. She was like, you're acting like mom and dad did when you took the GRE. took the GRE. (laughs) I took the GRE, which is like a five-hour test. And it's basically like, Guantanamo like you have to is that what I'm thinking of no what's the place you gotta like lock down everything I don't know it's gone that reference I had to like take off like everything all devices in a locker they made me take off my hair tie you can have the answers written on the inside of it there we go oh my god (laughs) okay so made me take off everything okay not even a hairband couldn't do anything 
I'm in that room for like five hours. Can't look at my phone. I'm done. I look at my phone. There's like 26 messages and they're all from like my parents and my sisters. Like, are you okay? Where are you? Are you dead? (laughs) I learned that this whole time she, my mom freaked out way too fast, which again, I criticized her, but also. But now we know that maybe it's that thing of watching yourself become your parents, right? When when you hear something come out of your mouth and you're like, oh, oh, right. She doesn't think she has anxiety. At least this generation knows it. And I'm working through it. Um, So like 30 minutes pass after she texted me at first. And then she starts freaking out. And then everyone else starts texting me. And then she contacts the ex-boyfriend and says, hey, can you check on her apartment to see if she's there? Dear God, I deleted that number from her phone after I found out that. Then my dad called the campus security i think he called campus security he he was about to call the police then like a creep he goes to at&t to see my last like call that i made i mean on my record this is just like find my friends this was just before we were all stalking each other all the time i guess that's true it felt like a lot of work this is really industrious yeah i'm actually kind of impressed see this should make you feel good because if you were ever actually taken your dad's like getting those records he's calling campus security like he is not gonna let you he's being very liam neeson and i didn't give him enough credit he's one of those parents on dateline who's like i never gave up yeah okay it's only reading bad because I was never in danger, but yeah, if it right, was really you bad. you were just taking a test and yeah. it was just one afternoon, not yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he finds the last person he called, calls someone in my sisterhood who mm-hmm. I'm really not like that close with. Right. You Right. I believe she had been my last call because she was the last sober driver of the weekend. So I was like, hey, hey. can you come pick us up? She texts the president of our sisterhood who oh is gosh. one of my friends and knows where i am and she's like Catherine's taking the gre and then it was fine i don't think i ever heard the extent of the detective work that your dad got into yep. to find out where you were yep if he can do all that in the four or five hours you were taking the gre he could do anything i feel yeah that's good props to you dad thanks Liam Neeson. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so now we're on. Are we in Joyce? Where are we? Yeah, that whole story brought okay. me a lot of joy. <laughs> um last weekend I went to my friend's house and a group of us painted ghosts into thrift store paintings. And it was really fun. And I'm not good at it. Like I am not, I'm uncoordinated I'm bad at every so I'm I've always been bad at sports anything athletic and I've always and I also am bad at anything related to the visual arts I have a lot of friends who are very like artsy and I'm terrible at it and so I just think doing things that we're bad at is a good is what brings me joy I don't like being bad at things which is a stupid thing to say no one's like I love being bad at things but I have like a real hang up about engaging in activities that will show people that I'm bad at things right so but it's nice just hang out with people who aren't judging you based on your ability to do this stupid activity that resonates so much like any game that involves drawing I go through a real roller coaster of emotions yes probably because one time in seventh grade maybe it was eighth grade I was in a drawing class because at some point I thought I was good at drawing don't think that anymore 
we did self-portraits and one girl looked at mine and she said why do you look black because I had just like shaded like everything was shaded I don't understand shading I don't understand anything and I was like and now I'm done with drawing thank you but you see but you are so good at every other craft like you're so (laughs) I just would never have grouped you in that so there you go I don't know I just like suddenly I was just like I got a shade oh no it's all shaded Oh, no, I, yeah, so, but it, it turned out to be fun. We ate, and I, one, they're ghosts, they're like sheet ghosts, so one of them came out cute anyway, so it's fine, it's all good, and then the other thing is uh, the TV show Upload, which is not a new TV show. I love to recommend old TV shows, which I had on my list to watch for like four years, but it's Wait. one of those things, too. Y- you just started it well but now I'm like caught up because there's only like 17 episodes oh that's so exciting it's one of those things where it's been on my list but then because it's on Amazon Prime which is not the place that I check show I forget about it and also because it's a streaming show so you get like six episodes once Mm -hmm. every 18 months season three came out and I was like I'm gonna sit down and watch that show and in a week I'm almost caught up I just watched the premiere of season three and it's it's delightful the leads of that show Robbie Amell and the gal who plays the female lead and all the supporting characters they're just very winning they're mm-hmm. just very fun to watch yeah so it's great it's a it's a delight so there yeah i'm re-watching the second season because i literally remember nothing from like whenever yeah. it last came out it's been so long yeah yeah so what is bringing you joy well uh i'm gonna shout out bell and poe who have started to like snuggle with me in the mornings it's so cute because i'm like kind of awake but Poe has always done that where he'll like come and snuggle and he likes to lay on my arm and it's adorable but now Belle does it too sometimes sometimes I'll like wake up and her face will just be like right near my face like checking (laughs) to make sure I'm alive and then she'll come and snuggle up with us and it's so cute well because it's getting cooler I know it's working more snuggly when it's colder the other day I woke up she when she was a kitten she would I'd sleep on my side and she would sleep on my arm and now she's like a little too big but she just like makes it work oh I love it and then I'm also gonna do a show our flag or our our flag means death I was like I was saying it and I was like I don't think that's right our flag that's right (laughs) means death um new season just delightful and yeah Awesome. This is some good TV for right now before, you know, the we have nothing for forever. I know. I know. The world can be a scary place. <laughs> Don't forget to take a deep breath. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore anxiety pod. We'll talk to you next week.